Welcome to the Innovation and Compliance Podcast, part of the Compliance Podcast Network. Join us every week as we talk with industry innovators who are making compliance to help business run more efficiently and at the end of the day, more profitably. Here's your host, Tom Fox. Hello, everyone. This is Tom Fox back for another episode. And today I have with me Fizza Khan. I sure hope I got that right. And she is the CEO at the Silver Regulatory Associates. And her company does some really interesting compliance work. It is not anti-bribery, corruption compliance, but it's a different type of compliance in the financial services industry. So Fizza, first of all, with that incredibly long-winded introduction, welcome and thank you so much for taking the time to visit with me today. Thank you for having me, Tom. It's a pleasure to be here. Fizza, you have been in and around compliance, it looks like, most of your professional career, both as an attorney and as other roles. I was wondering if you could give us a little bit about your professional background. I would be happy to. So I have been in the regulatory consulting space for over 10 years now. And prior to my joining the regulatory ranks, if you would like to call it that, I do have legal and in-house experience. I was previously the general counsel and CCO at a multi-strat hedge fund. And then prior to that, I was working at a boutique investment bank in their equity research division, as well as their investment advisory arm. And then I started off my legal career both at Deutsche Asset Management as well as Kramer Levin in their financial services group. So I have a few years under my belt in this realm. So Fizzle, one of the things or one of the reasons I'm always so intrigued to talk to someone like yourself in, who's more in the reg tech space, mm-hmm. the regulatory compliance space than is in my space, which is anti-bribery, anti-corruption, is you guys have a different set of guidelines, regulations, and laws you have to follow. But in many right. ways, it is... And because it's different than ABC compliance, I find it incredibly useful for the ABC compliance practitioner to understand kind of the cutting edge of what you guys are doing. And one of the things that struck me was you guys work in what's called outsource compliance. And I was wondering if you might be able to explain what that is. I'd be happy to. Actually, outsource compliance can take on a few meanings, but the way we like to view it here at Silver is we know it's imperative for members of the financial services community to have a strong regulatory compliance program. And it's imperative for that program to not only be good on paper, but to actually be practically functioning. So the important thing behind this is to understand how to make that work for each respective firm. What we do as an outsourced compliance option is to either afford the optionality to integrate into a firm's compliance program or we ensure that we work alongside with an existing compliance program within an investment firm or a broker-dealer, for example, to ensure that there's an alignment of the client's interests, as well as ensuring that the compliance process is less daunting. So if we take on a matter of being your compliance department or we're working alongside of your compliance team. Either way, the idea is to ensure that we are adding value and helping you to create a solid program for your firm. 
I understand that that is only one of the various service offerings of Silver Regulatory Associates. I was wondering if I could start with what led you to becoming CEO of the company and then telling us a little bit about the services offered by your company. Sure. So I actually had the idea of launching Silver about a year and a half, two years ago, when I was a part of a consulting group that became a part of a larger consulting firm that had many practice areas. And while in theory, this is a wonderful way to accelerate a career, it was getting me further away from day-to-day interaction with my clients and ideally learning more about what is happening within the compliance and regulatory space. As a result, I thought that the best way to re-enter the consulting world in this realm and to be a part of my clients' day-to-day activities and advice in helping them get to where they should be was to launch my own firm. And that's where when Silver Regulatory Associates was born. So the services that we offer can be fit into a few buckets. One is if you recognize as a financial services firm that you have regulatory obligations or may need regulatory obligations, we have what are called our registration and foundation services. So basically what that means is we'll conduct analyses and ensure that we here at the firm, as well as you as the client, understand what registration requirements you have to make with a specific regulator, and then ultimately what your regulatory obligations are, which then leads us into our maintenance services. Essentially, what can we do to ensure that you are meeting your regulatory obligations? We will build your compliance program. We will integrate that into your day-to-day practical business acumen. And then more importantly, how do we execute on that? And Tom, it's also going back to what you asked earlier, what is outsourced compliance? And this is a good example of us taking it to the next level and recognizing what we can do by way of the heavy lifting, and then ultimately what we can do to ensure that you are meeting your regulatory obligations. Outside of that, we do offer specialty services and assessment services. So what that means is that If there's a particular area, and I know that we're going to get into this momentarily as it relates to a specific strategy, or if there is an area that you know that requires in-depth analysis from a regulatory requirement standpoint, we will conduct that analysis for you. Recently, it's been with respect to crypto and digital assets, and I know that you have a few questions about that. And then we will determine how to fit the square peg into the round hole. The assessment services are one that builds off of that. We conduct these analyses to determine, ultimately, are you ready to meet the regulatory requirements of what the regulators are looking for. So if the regulators come in and actually conduct an exam, and are you ready for that? So we offer services such as mock exams and preparedness exams to ensure that you actually know what to do in the event that the regulators come knocking. And then finally, we offer the exam support services. So the regulators show up, you need to know how to manage them, manage the document requests and whatnot, 
And then ultimately, we will serve as your go-to team to ensure that you can meet this through relatively seamlessly. So if it's at the end, I'm going to tie together some of these strands that you're talking about and why sure. I think they're so important for the ABC compliance practitioner. But before I get to that, there's a couple of other areas, articles that you've written or you've referenced that I think were very interesting in okay. and of themselves, but even more importantly for the anti-bribery corruption compliance practitioner, mm-hmm. what you guys are doing right now is pointing the way to what, as I would say, my people are going to have to do in a very short order. So the first article that I came across in researching you and getting ready for this podcast was called Mm -hmm. Insight, Key Crypto Compliance Considerations in Light of Facebook's ICO. Right. And I will have to say that I knew nothing about crypto before this. (laughs) I was stunned when I read this. The basic difference between the question of whether a cryptocurrency is a security or an exchange instrument is going to become incredibly important. How do you begin to make that initial assessment or initial determination? I know that the whole world of crypto and digital assets can be quite overwhelming. And you were not alone when you read this article. There are still many questions around what does crypto even mean? How does it function? What do we even classify it as? So to your point, how do we understand what this cryptocurrency or digital asset, how is it supposed to function? What are we supposed to consider it as? So what you need to look to is what the courts have called the Howey test. And the Howey test is basically a three-pronged test to determine whether or not a particular instrument is going to be deemed a security for purposes of needing to come under the SEC's regulations. So that three-pronged test consists of if the investment is in the form of money, if the investment of money is in a common enterprise, And then finally, if there's an expectation of profits from the investment, and if that expectation of profit is derived from the efforts of others, meaning is there a third party involved? So honestly, with respect to crypto and how to classify it, this is the initial first step that a cryptocurrency, either manager, distributor, or the like needs to take into account to understand whether or not they are going to be regulatorily obligated to follow certain rules and procedures. So taking it to the next step, though, uh, Mm -hmm. could you compare and contrast what a firm must do if it's determined to be a security vis-a-vis an exchange instrument? How do you help them then fulfill their regulatory obligations? Right. So, If the token in and of itself is now deemed to be a security, the ultimate question is what's next? And what is next is determining whether or not you need to register as an investment advisor or if you need to register as a broker dealer. Either way, you would need to go through the SEC. And then if you need to register as a broker dealer through the SEC and FINRA, to determine then what your next set of obligations are. So if you are deemed to be a manager in investing in 
crypto and that crypto is classified as securities, then you are going to be deemed a registered investment advisor for purposes of regulation. If you are actually in the distribution of or selling of the actual crypto in and of itself, as a broker-dealer would with Google or with Amazon, for example, then you would be deemed a broker-dealer and that registration process would also include using FINRA. So these are the steps that you would need to take. And then ultimately, what we would recommend that you do is, one, we've identified whether or not you need to be registered. Once that's determined, what are those necessary steps to registration and compliance? As an investment advisor, there are certain steps that need to be taken with the completion of the Form ADV and the development of your policies and procedures. With a broker-dealer, there is not only the registration with the SEC on Form BD, but you would need to complete a form new membership application with FINRA, which is quite an extensive process, and then ultimately determining how to structure your written supervisory policies and procedures. And then the other steps are ones where you have to now think practically how to integrate these regulatory requirements into the business at hand, whether it's you advising on crypto or you acting as a broker or dealer in the token. So one of the things that regulators in the ABC space continually remind compliance practitioners is that you must engage in ongoing and really continuous monitoring of a wide variety of issues. Is that true for this area in cryptocurrency as well? It's even more paramount with cryptocurrency because of the guidance that is around crypto as to whether or not it is deemed a security and whether or not it is required upon the manager or the broker-dealer to be registered. That level of analysis needs to continue on an ongoing pace. And here's why. If there is a change in the way that the crypto or currency or the token is being used or managed or distributed, it could trigger either additional regulatory requirements per what you were discussing, Tom, I'm sure that happens in the ABC space, or as it may relate to crypto specifically or the digital asset world, it actually may cause the analysis to turn on its head and it may not be deemed a security. It may not require that the manager or the broker-dealer be registered depending on how it's being used. So the continuous monitoring is paramount and it is something that cannot be taken for granted And it's really to the benefit of the managers and the broker-dealers to ensure that this monitoring continues. Let me turn to a different area that I found it perhaps even more intriguing for its ABC implications. Sure. And that is the SEC exam. You also wrote an article on that topic entitled Uptick in SEC Exams, Four Ways to Ensure a Smoother Process. And I was wondering if you could, one, tell us what an SEC exam is and then really how you help clients prepare for such an exam. Sure. It's it's an SEC exam in the context of the article 
is really meant to target either investment managers or broker dealers who are already regulated. They're registered with the SEC. And as being registered with the SEC, they will undergo what's called a routine examination. And that routine examination is really one that is going in, the examiners from the staff are going in to ensure that the compliance program that's in place is adequate and it is meeting the business needs from a regulatory perspective. So they really are coming in to test your program to make sure that you're meeting all of your regulatory obligations and that you're actually practicing what you're preaching. So you don't just have a fancy set of policies and procedures in place, but that you're actually executing on them. The way that we at Silver go about ensuring that someone has a smooth exam is to make sure that we're there to support them every step of the way. So from the time that you're notified by the SEC, you get a phone call, you get an email, you get a letter stating that you are subject to a routine examination, we will come in, assess where you are in terms of your program. We will look to what will be an initial document request from the SEC We will analyze exactly the questions that they have asked and the documents that they're requesting and putting those documents together and then ultimately supporting you every step of the way throughout the examination process in crafting the responses, reviewing the documents, and then ultimately helping you to interact with the SEC. The reason I thought both of those two topics were not only so exemplary of the services that Silver provides, but also really important for the compliance practitioner because when I started this podcast, I talked about the differences in some forms of compliance and more reg tech than ABC. But because it's different, you guys have really led the way in different areas. And so the general concepts of ongoing and continuous monitoring that I hope that people like you, as I say, have your people talk to my people, the people in your space talk to people in my space. Right. But the second thing on the SEC examination, the Department of Justice about 18 months ago really began to emphasize the professionalism, the credentials, and the practical experience of ABC compliance practitioners. And they are looking at that in companies that are in enforcement actions. And the framework you have put together to help companies think through an SEC exam, it seems to me, would help any company prepare its own compliance department, its compliance practitioners, if the regulators came knocking and asked the same or similar questions that the SEC would say, would that be a fair assessment? That's definitely a fair assessment, and I appreciate the outline that you've provided. It's one that no matter which regulator you are going to be subject to by way of examination, these are key areas that we believe will serve you well to your earlier point, Tom. So having the right documents in place, understanding what documents you have and making sure that they speak to your regulatory obligations, as well as being specifically in line with the requests that are being made of you by the regulator. Obviously, you want to make sure that the documents you provide are representative of not only 
the diligence and the efficacy of your compliance program, but that it's representative of the firm functioning as a business in a regulated environment. And further to that, there are specific tricks that you can use that will help you present yourself even in a more favorable light. They don't see the day-to-day practicalities behind what it is that you do as a firm to ensure that your clients are getting the best service possible, whether it be as an investment manager or as a broker-dealer and whatever regulatory realm you may be subject to, the day one presentation is really meant to be able to put your best foot forward and in a factual way. It's not about pitching yourself, but it's about highlighting your strengths within the regulatory space. And in that way, you know that the regulators are going to look to those avenues that you have outlined to ensure that you're actually able to put your money where your mouth is. You actually are doing what you say you are doing. It's natural. So the day one presentation is your way to be able to shine. And finally, with that day one presentation, you're able to then establish and put forth to the regulators how well you've assembled the information, whether it be by way of data protocols or ensuring that your books and records are properly in order. If you do not have these in place, you're going to be scrambling. So I think what you were saying earlier, Tom, is being proactive and ensuring that you have all of these things in order is something that will only be beneficial to you during the time when an examination takes place. Finally, knowing what your questions may be, you're not expected to be perfect. You're not expected to know everything. What you are expected to do is be prepared. And when you're prepared, you naturally will have questions. And it's okay to ask questions. It's best to be able to ask those questions ahead of time and being able to represent to the SEC that you want to do the right thing or to whatever regulator you may be in front of. You want to do the right thing. You want to be able to be compliant with the regulations in front of you. And in so doing, ultimately, that line of questioning will lend itself to you being viewed even more favorably in front of the regulators. So we think that these tips will only serve you well in helping you through the examination process. Well, Fiza, unfortunately, we are near the end of our time, but I was wondering if any of my listeners, our listeners, wanted to find out more about Silver or contact you guys. How could they do so? Certainly, we would be happy to provide any information we can. We are welcome to have them visit us on our website, which is silverregulatoryassociates.com. And if they wish to contact me directly, they can email me at fcon at silverreg.com. And I would be happy to hear from your listeners. Well, thank you again for taking the time to visit with me, and I greatly look forward to continuing this conversation. As do I, Tom. Thanks so much for having me. If you're a compliance professional looking for a convenient and effective way to fulfill your continuing education requirements, go to fcpacompliancereport.com slash courses and choose from four hour-long training packages that will keep you current. That's fcpacompliancereport.com slash courses.